Rowena, and welcome to this week's episode of UDL in the Classroom, where we're going to take a closer look inside a Year 6 classroom of a North Shore Auckland school. As many of you are aware, my passion for inclusivity and recognition of learner variability runs high throughout the conversations that I have. And today I join forces with Cathy, who dedicates a lot of her time to learning more about the different ways we can support our Tamariki and teachers to become expert learners across the three UDL principles. And for those of you who need reminding, these are engagement, representation and action expression. And we talk about the multiple ways these can be brought to life. So morning, Cathy. I know you live and breathe UDL in your casework. If you were to describe UDL to someone, say a new teacher you were working with, what would you say? Oh, Marina Dawn, I would begin by mentioning that UDL is a framework um, for including all students in the provision of learning opportunities and that these opportunities suit everyone. And we'd begin with the design process. If you think about planning, when you're planning um, for individual needs and environmental changes. Um, you would plan initially for those sorts of things, behaviour supports and learning choices within an activity or an assessment. So UDL is kind of like a pathway that includes the diversity of all learners and it empowers each student to know, challenge and take risks with their own learning. So for example, you as teachers, you may feel this is huge and massively overwhelming, but many of you will actually already be doing this and providing many learning opportunities uh, for the majority of your students. But if you put a UDL lens on your planning, it will provide an opportunity for improving certain areas and it will add to your inclusive classroom where everyone feels supported, successful, and begins to know themselves as learners. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. And that explains it clearly. And as you say, many teachers will, will already be thinking about um, inclusive, engaging, and reflecting all the time that they're in their classrooms. They just don't necessarily realise that it's UDL. And I, I know some of the teachers we've worked with, they've said, oh, okay, I yes, I do do that, but I just hadn't realised that it was UDL. So recently, Cathy, we've been working with a dynamic and an enthusiastic year six, year six teacher who, without realising it, was incorporating a lot of the UDL principles into our lessons and our activities and just generally within the culture of the classroom. Um, we walked into her room and straight away we looked at each other. We noticed uncluttered shelves and desks. We noticed that displays were relevant, they were organised. Boxes were labelled, there was resources everywhere. We could see the flexible working areas. There was a covered deck outside for the children to go and work if they needed to or wanted to. There was a breakout room. There was quieter places. Uh, furniture was at different heights. She'd got some high tables. She'd got some cushions. She'd got lower desks. She'd got different shaped desks. Um, and she, they were all in different places around the classroom, so they weren't... I suppose in rows or anything like that. Um, the room's bright and airy. There was lots of natural light. And that's something we don't always consider, but there is a lot of evidence to show that natural light or blue light, as it can be called, increases 
our levels of the hormone cortisol, which helps to keep us alert. So another important aspect of when you think about engagement and having the children engaged in the, the tasks that they're learning, then these things are really important. Yes, um, yes, Dawn, you know, and also after the initial observations, we actually realized that this teacher was already, she already had a warm relationship with all her students and she was enthusiastic about her class, complimenting individuals on their behavior, whether it was for sharing or for taking risks or just getting on with the activities that were provided. Um, there was also the opportunity for working independently with a buddy or a small group and choices around tools to use, time to complete activities. And she'd also, um, she was happy with, with the way students were, were allowed to present their learning. There was lots of choices available. So yeah. Dawn and I actually just needed to support what was already happening in the classroom because the kids were already quite well engaged. But this all fits in with the engagement pillar of UDL as well. Mm. And just building on the relationship part, the, the day starts with greetings in multiple languages. The students are able to choose how they greet each other. Uh, she runs through the visual timetable that's written on the board, but it's also displayed on the TV. And there's an opportunity for them to, to process and discuss and ask questions about what's expected of the day. And so the one, the children that have got slower process and they do have time to actually think through and ask questions and, and nothing um, is shrugged off. You know, every, everybody's valued in the classroom. Yes, and that actually fits into the representation area of the UDL mm. lens, Dawn. Mm. Um, and in one particular visit to the class, we'd actually been asked by the teacher to plan and model a maths task with putting our UDL lens on. Um, so you were awesome. You began by explaining an activity called Reach 100. You shared the problem on the class TV and you mentioned that everyone was going to attempt the same challenge and that it would be a struggle. But remembering, you were you reminded actually us all that this is how our, our brain grows and we get better at things. You also explained that there would be a lot more than one solution. And you talked about the students taking risks about challenging themselves and having a go. And you suggested that because we, you know, you, you, Dawn, and I are trying to remove most of the things that would get in the way of um, everyone trying the activity. You'd like to see everyone actively involved. And this is another form of engagement, really, mm. having mm. the, um, yeah. And you, you could actually, you could actually yeah. see when, when we were talking to them about this, you could actually see them processing, thinking, ah, okay, yeah. I can see how there might be some things that stop me having a go and whether that's my mindset or whether that's actually the resources that I've got. But by actually just giving them time to think about it and say, actually, we all want you to have a go, but we also need you to say to us if there is something which is stopping you, that's okay. Um, and we also went on mm. to talk about how they they need to set themselves a goal. Although they're doing this, all doing the same activity, they have to decide perhaps how far within that activity they're going to get so although they've got to try and get as close to 100 in this maths activity they might decide to work with a buddy 
and see how close they can get to 100. And um, we also reiterated that it was important to keep all the attempts that they had, not to rub them out, but to keep them so that they could go back and see what they'd done and refine and um, tweak their sort of workings out. Um, we also talked about how they can represent, uh, sorry, how they can express themselves, the work that they were doing, whether they did it in their maths books, whether they did it on a large sheet of paper, they did it on the computer, just how they recorded what they were finding out along the way. And I think that actually took away some of the, uh, the not the fear, but it, it's, it was almost like an open book. It was like, ah, okay. And actually it was really surprising how many of them used big sheets of paper. And within those big sheets of paper, they were very organized with their workings out. They put boxes around and they used colored pens. So it just goes to show that not all children want to work in a maths book within squares. And so I think that that was actually a, a bit of an eye opener for the teacher as well. Um, and this is action and expression. And it was always, it was also, we also said to them that if there's something that is stopping you from accessing this task, or stopping you from progressing, let us know so that we can then try and remove that barrier or that hurdle for you. And for example, that might be using a calculator to work out the totals because the totals at the end of the day, the totals, we weren't measuring how well they could add two numbers up. We were just, we were looking at their strategy and their reasoning for how close to 100 they could get. And I think that was, that was important as well that I think sometimes in activities, the children forget what the goal is or they don't know what the goal is. If the goal is to try and get as close to 100 as you can with these digits, then actually, if they can't add up the totals to be able to see how close to 100 they've got, then they're not actually working towards the goal. They've got stuck along the way. So and that was that's important for them to realise that and to actually use their voices to say, I need help with this or I need something to help me get through this hurdle. It was actually yes, Dawn, and, and so I was just going to say I don't know if you noticed with the the calculator actually not or even though we said that they could use a calculator not many of them did to actually do the additions themselves they just used them to check that their answers their additions were correct which was really interesting so almost like we've said to them you can but they've they've we've empowered them to make the right choices for what works for them. Yes, yeah, that's so true. It, it was great to see them actually working on the task. And while most of them were working, the teacher pointed out to us that there was about five students missing. They were attending another workshop somewhere else in the school and they'd arrived back in dribs and drabs. And she was, she was saying now, well, normally when this happens, she ends up herself five or six times and, and giving up after the second time and, and uh, asking her to, to, asking the students to actually work with a buddy to get the buddy to explain what was the task was. Well, actually the beauty of you recording or us recording that video of the task that you'd made, made it meant that everyone could work independently. They could find a space to sit down and learn what to do and they could do it at their own pace. They could actually stop and re-record and record, I mean, not um, re-listen and play it over and over again if they needed to. And we we actually observed this happening, didn't we, Dawn? 
Mm. And at the end, the teacher made a comment that the video recording had meant that she was available to assist other students um, rather than being spending time, you know, looking at um, and explaining to these students that have been out of the class. Mm. So that's a good representation area of UDL mm. that they can go back and check there. Yeah, and we used, we used um, the Google app Jamboard for that because that's one that is free and it's all part of the Google workspace. So it was interesting to see how that did that did work really well in maths and to see the students come in, grab a Chromebook, sit down, open up the Jamboard and the video of the Jamboard and the activity and then actually manage themselves brilliantly. So again, it freed up the teacher to not have to repeat herself so many times and it created that independence and also all the others that had already heard the oral instructions could also go back and watch the video and pause it uh, as much as they want in fact one of the students she chose to actually have it playing in the background while she was working she said it was soothing um one of the aspects of these types of lessons which i think works works really well and it really does fit into representation and engagement is to pull the class back when you can feel a, a bit of a lull in the motivation, a bit of a dip, when you can feel they've almost maxed how much they can put into it. They haven't actually reached the target yet but of the activity, but that you can see they've worked and they've worked and they've, they're stuck. So gathering them back, getting some of them to just share some of what they found out, they're hypothesizing, write it up, talk about it, leave it on the board, and then the, the others, perhaps some that haven't even got that far off the start line, they can go, oh, well, so-and-so's tried this and so-and-so tried that. And if you try these, these numbers in these particular boxes, that might work. They've then got something to use, start with, to get them going. So that we did that a couple of times and that worked really well. And as it was, it really brought the, the lesson mm -hmm. in. It zoomed it in, didn't it? So that actually then there was this ripple effect yes. of them, them actually finding solutions uh, it was almost like they worked together on it, which was great to see. So that, that feedback yes. part of it, I so suppose, fits into the engagement, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. There's a couple of other things that, um, that fit into an engagement. Well, actually, all three pillars, engagement, representation, action, and expression, have all got parts of that, that lesson that we did. Um, so for, say, the engagement pillar, there was varied levels of challenge and support. For example, there was, you know, kids could be extended and um, you did this, Dawn, after some of the students came to you and said mm. they'd finished. You gave them an activity um, to see if they could add on to their, their initial challenge of getting mm. close to 100. You, you had them doing lots of other things. So that's one. There's varied levels of challenge. Mm. There was a choice of where they sat and some of them could go outside. So that's once again fits into engagement. And then in the representation area, they were able to talk with their peers to make sense of the problem. So they chatted yeah. away and they replayed they replayed the audio instructions yeah. um, because you had it on a Google Doc and they could pause and re-read re bits. Some of those students, um, if they wanted to work independently, could have headphones on to block out the noise. And that all fits into the representation, making sense of their learning. And then for the action and expression area, 
um, you, they could record their answers in different ways. For example, they could use a paper, a pen, they could voice record, you know, say using moat, mm. they could video themselves, or they could just take a photograph of the whiteboard mm. workings. Um, those are a few examples. And, and I think also in the action and expression area, they could share their findings mm. um, with the class or with a small group if they didn't want to talk to the whole class or they could get their buddy to talk for them. So those fit in very well with the three pillars. I was just thinking back to the representation as well, Cathy. We actually, I printed off some two by two grids that there were sheets with those on. So for those that spend ages drawing two by two grids because they want to get it perfect, for example, they could actually take a sheet of grids <laughs> to actually fill in rather than having to and some children will just roughly draw their own two by two grids on paper that's fine they don't care but we gave them that choice and and in actual fact you know you had some that used them some that used them to start with and then realized it didn't matter and then once they'd filled the sheet in they then drew them freely by themselves some children just drew them in their books or drew them on paper so you had got that learner variability throughout the lesson in, in every way you really had Yes, it was awesome actually that that um, to see them all so positive about and, and engaged in the mm. actual task. They were, they didn't want to stop. <laughs> I'm not sure we actually any of them came to us with a uh, barrier, did they? None of none of them came and said, "I don't know what to do. I can't do this." They all worked at every point, and the only time we did feel a bit of a lull where they were just the brains were bursting was when we gathered them back and shared what they'd noticed so far and actually made it clear it was okay to use what somebody else was thinking as well because that's how as a collaboratively we succeed so and once they got their idea around that as well that it wasn't a secret that that actually helped them to go back and it gave them this new lease of energy to to get to you know towards that reaching 100 um so kathy with udl yeah. sometimes there's some common myths that people make with or around udl can you just sort of clarify some of those for us? Yeah, well, one of the main ones, um, Dawn, is that people often confuse UDL with differentiated learning. Um, UDL is an actual framework that includes um, empowering students to know themselves as learners. So actually, they are doing the differentiation, if you like. They're asking for tools. They're making choices. They're they're having their buddies to share to make to help them make sense of their learning. So in that way, it's not necessarily up to the teacher, but it's more the learner knowing how and what they need to meet the goals that they've actually made for themselves to do a particular task mm. or activity. Mm. And I think it's actually maybe some of the setup for the for UDL within the classrooms can take a little bit of time and a little bit of thinking initially but going forward it, it creates these lessons where the teachers almost freed up to do workshops or to do conferencing with students to really target teach rather than having to find themselves repeating things or running around trying to find resources uh, because the students are become experts in their own learning don't they and they know where everything is Yes, I think the main challenge, you're, you're right, is in the setup. You, yeah. you need to have a look at your classroom from a, a, through a, a kind of UDL lens, you know, thinking about some of the things we've mentioned 
um, you know, spaces, different spaces, different ways to learn and tools that they can, that you, you actually, you might initially as a teacher make those available, but then the students actually will build those, build on those resources for you because mm. they'll tell you what they need to learn once they get to know themselves as a learner. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think what one of the challenges is as well is actually changing the, the students idea of, of failure or difficulties and actually saying to them it's okay to, to speak up and say I need help with this what can we do to help you rather than mm. feeling that they can't say and once you've got that environment within your classroom then you build up this bank of resources and the, the, the students then start to really know what they need for, for each lesson or for each part of the day. Yes, and I was going to say um, assessment becomes easier then because you as a teacher, you're watching and observing the way your students are learning and you're actually realising that um, the, that you might need to provide a, a slightly more difficult task within the activity or, or slightly give them some scaffolds so that they can achieve mm. the task. You're actually able to observe and through, mm. through that UDL lens. Mm. And I, I think as well, we mustn't forget finishing off the lesson as well, which is so important, you know, bringing them together and getting the students to reflect on what's, what's gone well, what they were thinking, what, um, what supports they needed, what might they do differently next time or what might they need help with next time. So I think we sometimes miss out the last part of the lesson, don't we, because of time constraints, but really important oh. to, get, to get that end of session in. Yes, definitely make time for that, for the mm. action and expression part. Mm, definitely. Well, thank you, Kathy. That's been fantastic speaking to you today. And um, hopefully we can, I know we have lots of chats all the time, but hopefully we can chat some more about another lesson or another aspect of UDL at some point. Yeah, great. Thanks, Dawn.